absolutely. It depends on the uh, COR of the flagstick, so the Coefficient Restitution flagstick. In U.S. Opens, I'll take it out, and uh, every other tour event, when it's uh, fiberglass, I'll leave it in and bounce that ball against the flagstick if I need to. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my good buddy here, collector of all things golf memorabilia, Scott. Scott, what is the good word? I'm uh, just sitting here in the the podcast studio, you know, surrounded by my many items of golf memorabilia. Um, and by that, I mean it's all still in boxes because even though I moved to this house three years ago, I've never actually unpacked anything. Well, and you should mention that it is the New York podcast studio, as uh, the guys at Van Cortland Park would like to say. Well, yeah, we have New York offices. We have uh, Pennsylvania offices. We have a California office now, too. Uh Thanks to our, our man, Derek, and it's, it's good. It's good. We're yeah. spreading, spreading throughout the globe. That's it. Just spreading the leave the pin love. And let's, uh, let's give Derek a shout out. He's not going to hear this uh, when we publish it because he's walking the grounds of the Genesis right now in L.A. So Derek is out there and uh, following Tiger and all the hoopla and craziness and taking pictures of grown men in Tiger suits and uh, – you know, hey, he's getting it done out at the rib and more power to him. So that's that's the awesome thing about what this podcast is becoming and how it's growing. Um, we would never have behind the scenes stuff at, you know, Riviera. It's uh, it's literally, a di- you know, California is a different world, Scott, from where we are right now. Oh, completely. It th- That's like you have to organize your whole month around visiting California from here. Yeah, and uh, to show how different it is, I know it was chilly, quote-unquote, this morning at the Riv. And guys had hoodies on and vests and stuff like that. And, you know, I got I got the impression, Scott, I woke up this morning and there were birds chirping. I started to get excited because today was supposed to be a little bit warmer. It was supposed to get into like the 40s. And I got I, I was pumped. And I said, you know what, I'm going to go hit balls this morning. And I got to the range about mm, 10 o'clock, 9.45. There was a little bit of sun. Got the balls out of the machine, walked to a stall, saw a guy. He's like, hey, a little chilly this morning. I said, man, it's downright balmy compared to what we're used to. And I got through about 30 balls, Scott, and literally couldn't feel my fingertips anymore. Had to call it a day. I don't think the temperature got above 30. So it's 41 here right now. What are you, um, what are you living in, in uh, like climate change epicenter? I think so. I think... It is, uh, it's one of those things where the hole in the ozone layer is directly over our, my house. I might um, need to come visit. Come on. We got, a got the range right down the road. Actually, technically it says it's 43 right now. So, um, you know, we've, we've gone up two degrees tomorrow. supposed to get up to 43 also. Yeah. Tomorrow sweet. I know is supposed to be nice. You know, what's funny is my wife tells me all the time. She's like, you know, this time of year the high temperature doesn't hit till like two, three o'clock. Like from one to three thirty is the nice time in the Northeast. But I am so stubborn. I am so hell bent on, you know, getting out, hitting balls early and having the rest of the day to myself that I go out when it's you know, it was twenty eight degrees today when I was hitting balls. I actually did not and refused to hit driver. Um because I, it, you know, I know it probably won't crack, and I know it's probably like an old wives' tale. And these clubs are so good nowadays, and you know, just built so well. But 
like for the money I paid for that and the time spent at, at, at Spargo, yeah. like I wasn't going to chance it, you know? Well, that's a, I, I think that's a fair point. And in all honesty, you're not going to get a true, uh, you're not going to get a, a true sense of how well you're hitting that club anyway in this kind of weather. Uh, you know, the, the cold weather, you know, takes some distance out and, it's it's not worth it anyway. Just go out there, get some swings in with some irons, and get loose. You know, make it make it a thing where you're just going out there to to feel the clubs in your hands, and don't worry about hitting driver. You're gonna hit it 15 times the most in a round anyway. Yeah, I mean that's and that's what I did. I just I wasn't even too worried about ball flight. You know, I just want to get feel down, even though the mats feel like they're concrete nowadays i actually went off the grass for a tiny bit kind of uh hit out of the rough if you will which gives me a little bit more better feeling than off the hard ground uh i tried i tried putting a tee in the ground today uh had to step on it put all my weight on it and it still went in about half an inch or so um so it was not not an eventful day but i definitely got something out of it um you know again like you said i'm not worried about distance i'm not worried about much at this time of year but i feel scott like it's changing you know i feel like this might be that one winter where we start playing golf late february early march oh i think that's definitely a possibility because my uh i have a, a friend who's like a pretty big amateur uh meteorologist and he keeps telling me like we're this is it like we're not getting anything to speak of in terms of snow or ice and you know that it not that it's going to get warmer early but that is really one of the the things that hinders golf courses from opening it's how um you know how quickly the ground can recover from you know the the frost and if that's not going to be a huge thing then i think we might be uh like you said looking at golf pretty early in the year yeah, you know, what What the courses always need is they need that gradual thaw. You know, it can't go from 20, 30 degrees to 60 degrees and you expect to be playing the next day. You know, right. you, need, you need that, you know, it's not permafrost, but that layer of frozen ground underneath the top of the grass to de-thaw a little bit, but not so quickly that you get the mud season that we talked about, you know, a few pods back, which if you're from the Northeast, you, you know exactly what the mud season is early spring. Uh, but here's hoping, you know, here's hoping. So a little bit of a different pod today, Scott, we've got the riv going on right now. No one's separating themselves. The field is what it is. We got Cooch. We got Rory up there. DJ sneaking towards the top. We got Harold Varner, the third, um, a great leaderboard. We got tiger four putting and walking around like an old man. And I think that's something that we need to kind of get used to nowadays is we're never going to get the tiger of old that's going to be competitive a few weeks in a row what we're going to get is the tiger that blows us away emotionally a la the masters disappears for a little bit maybe tweaks something maybe has a high finish here or there comes back a few months later wins japan at the zozo um disappears a little bit has a so-so showing at the beginning of the president's cup and then you know, plays great afterwards at the end of it, you know, it's going to be hit or miss. We're going to get some of the highs that he used to have, but we're going to get a lot more lows. And so I think people need to not worry so much about what's happening with Tiger this week. Uh, he hasn't played in a while. He's doing hosting duties. 
He said the other day on Thursday he got about 10 minutes to warm up when he was done doing media and interviews and and being the, the social host that he is of this tournament. So I wouldn't look anything into his 76 yesterday or his four putts or anything like that. Uh, any thoughts on his performance this week not being up to par, quote-unquote, or actually being above par? Uh, as of right now, as of the, the time of we are recording this, he is currently in dead last. Um, and I will look at this the same way I'm sure Tiger is looking at it, and I will simply say, eh, it's not a major. It is a good field, but it's not a major. And Fair for enough. him... For him, it's like, okay, well, I could have won. I'm not going to. It's not a major. I will just move on. And again, the the hosting duties and all those responsibilities, those do take a toll on you. And I'm sure that this is something that, you know, he had a bad round yesterday. He had a bad round where he's having a bad round today. Thursday and Friday weren't awful. So take positives from that and just look at it this way. He just had a couple bad rounds. Sometimes you just don't have it. He didn't have it. He's never really had it at Riviera. So, okay, cool. Let's move on. You know, Tiger always used to say when he was younger that I don't go into a tournament ever thinking that I'm not going to win. And if I get to that point, I'm not going to play anymore. I wonder if that still holds true to him now in this incarnation of Tiger, because after that four putt yesterday, Scott, I know Tiger grinds on everything, but after that four putt yesterday, it definitely looked like Tiger might have been in just kind of coast mode, you know? Um, so I wonder if he still has that competitive fire when he's not in the lead or near the lead or at least knows that he could pull something out of there. Hmm. That's a good question. If you asked him, he would tell you absolutely he does. Well, of uh, course. <laughs> but that's a that is a really good question. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's hard to say that he's not going into it with a thought that he can win because he is Tiger Woods. But I think maybe, like you said, he does sort of get a little deflated when things like that happen. So yeah, I mean, you can't blame any athlete that's played that many rounds and has hit that many balls and has given that much of his life to golf and, and to these golf courses and to the fans. You, you can't blame him for taking a round or two off at this age. You know, I mean, at, at some point in time, we all go to work and we all kind of mail it in on a certain day, you know, and it's like, hey, man, today wasn't my day. I'll come back and get it tomorrow. So I agree. He will tell you. And he will tell people in uh, in the media that, well, you know what? I'm always out here grinding. But, you know, behind the scenes, deep inside, he knows. I mean, we know he knows. It's just that he's been playing this game for 20-plus years now, you know? Um, just the way it is. Yep. The, uh, the Actually, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it because we'll talk about it, you know, after the tournament's over, but... The person who's really kind of disappointing me today is Rory McIlroy. Uh, went into the day with a share of the lead and has proceeded to essentially hand it back to other people. So that's that's my take on what's going on there. So I actually picked Rory to win. Um, 
at good 14 pick. under. Well, it was a good pick. Uh, that was my my pick was him at 14 under, and I put that out there for a few contests and a few social media channels. Um, you know, when you see Rory up there, you kind of uh, you kind of pick the horse for the course. You know what I mean? I mean, the dude drives the ball better than anyone when he's at the top of his game. And, uh, you know, I don't want Cooch to win. Well, no, I mean, I'm sure he's got some caddies and clubhouse attendants and parking, you know, parking lot attendants to stiff. So, you know, maybe he can win and give some cash out. Probably not, though. I know last year we talked about this and we had this issue and everyone kind of had this issue last year with Rory and that he was in the final round towards the top of the lead so many times and kind of gave it away. He's halfway through his round right now, and he's three over. I mean, he jumped from a tie for the lead to T12. Again, we ask it all the time, but are we, are we concerned? And I know he's going to come back this year and make a ton of money and win a ton of top events. But at some point, do you think he ever gets concerned with the fact that he's been near the lead so many times and hasn't turned that over into wins? Uh, do I think he's concerned, or should we be concerned? I don't think he's concerned at all with the amount of money he makes. But I was going to say. Should, should, we, should we be concerned? One, should we be concerned? Yes. Uh, should he, will Is he concerned? Absolutely not, because I don't think he's at the point where he... Uh, he for lack of a better term, gives a F. I think he just goes out there, he plays golf. If he wins, which he expects to, he's good. And if he doesn't, he just moves on with his life because he's Roy McElroy. And like you said, he's got more money than anyone. Well, almost anyone. And he's Roy McElroy. So yeah, that that's how I'm sure I I'm sure he's cool. Yeah, I uh Man, I kind of kind of agree with you, you know? Yep. As much as these guys in the public like to say that, well, it's all about winning, it's all about championships, uh, I mean, come on, you know? Like, it's, it can't be. It can't be all about that because you lose so much more than you win in golf and you would be destroyed if you only worried about wins and losses. Again, and if you, if you read anything about Rory McIlroy – not that I think golf is the furthest thing from his mind, but he has so many other things that he is interested in that I think that for him, he is not going to lose sleep over a, a bad round of golf. And he said that. I mean, he's come out and said, this is not my entire life. Like, I know you guys want it to be, but this is not. And it can't be. And I think that's extremely healthy because you take, like, us, for example. Like, you know people that, that do the same type of job that we do in education and whatnot, and their entire life is the school. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not healthy. You know, I mean, you, you need something outside of it. You need a hobby. You need something to distract you from whatever it is you're doing, in this case, golf. Um, and I think Rory just sees golf in a very good light. Whereas, Hey, this helps me. This helps my family. I'm going to create a legacy and I can help other people. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a game. Like I'm literally hitting 
a tiny ball around the world. It's not yep. important. For, for an absurd amount of money. Absurd amount of money. That is the damn truth. Um, so we're going to talk about some different stuff today, Scott. And you and I kind of got on this little run here, this tangent. And this all started because I was DMing, I was communicating with someone on Instagram, and we just started talking about golf action figures and how cool that would be. And I know you have a lot of those Funko Pop guys, and I have one. I have Tiger Woods. And Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer just came out as a pre-order. And I love him. He's sitting right here on my podcast desk in the studio, the Pennsylvania studio, that is. And what an awesome thing for golf nerds to have kind of their own action figures. You know, uh, you know, baseball had it with starting lineup, and, and football had it, and hockey had it. But golf really never had action figures. And then, you know, you and I like to collect golf memorabilia. And I have it around the podcast studio. And people have seen that on Instagram. They have little snippets of it here and there. And I started thinking, what else is something that people collect? And obviously, baseball cards, football cards, stuff like that, basketball cards is a big collectible society. And so you and I started delving into golf trading cards. And unfortunately, Scott, I think maybe maybe we opened a wormhole in, uh, in which to drain more of our bank accounts into this game of golf. So first of all, I just want to talk about that Funko Pop Uh so the, the one thing I really love about the Funko Pop is that they don't always look exactly like or anything really like the person they're supposed to look like, but they always find like one like small little detail to throw in there. And the one detail that I love on the Tiger Woods one, on his right hand, on his, yes. I guess it's his middle finger, it's got a little bit of athletic tape, just like he always has. So, you know, good, good, good on them for kind of picking up on that and throwing that on there. Um, so having said that, uh, more uh, interesting Tiger Woods uh, action figure news, because we I think we spent a lot of time looking at cards before we started talking about this on this episode. Right. But I Googled action figures or golf action figures. And there was, I guess, in the it must have been in the early 2000s a i don't know who made them but that some company made a tiger woods i guess they're called pro shots and it's tiger in what would be considered iconic tiger poses yeah uh, i'm looking at it right now uh they're incredible the, the face in no way looks like tiger woods at all but just from afar they're instantly recognizable uh, at looking at them, I'm like, oh, that's from that tournament. Oh, that's from that tournament. Um, I remember him wearing this outfit from the 2000 British Open. Um, so, yeah, and and those, I mean, they're like 40 bucks a pop, but I feel so like they're they're I made like by they need, I, Yes, they are. And they've got tigers. Uh, they they make two of them. Two of Tiger's iconic poses. One being the PGA Championship where he's pointing at the cup, the Bob May playoff. And then what's the other one? I have to go back and find it. Uh, there's more than two. Oh, yes. There are more than two, Scott. Look there, at that. There's, there's quite a few more than two. I've there's got a... one of him in a blue pullover. 
uh, swinging. You're right. The face looks nothing like Tiger Woods, but it, oh, they've got Masters Tiger Woods. They got Pebble Beach, U.S. Open Tiger Woods. Okay, this is going. This is danger. This is going down a dangerous, dangerous hole right now. Um, let let's let's go back. Starting lineup made two action figures. They made Sam Snead, which I used to have. I don't know where it went. And they made Arnold Palmer. Okay, Upper Deck is making these Tiger Woods ones. And then starting lineup also made a 12-inch a figure of Arnold Palmer uh, with, like, cloth details, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, they also have Tiger from the, from the 2000 U.S. Open. Yeah. Mm, they might have a, five or six of those. There's a few really cool ones. Yeah, so those those go for like eighteen to twenty five bucks a piece. Yeah, some of them are a little bit more, but I think you can find them for that that price. Yeah, if you look hard enough, you definitely can. We got the Funko Pops, and then we've got the the starting lineup figures, and that's kind of it. It's kind of it in terms of golf action figures. You'll find your one off here and there. Michael Jordan Space Jam. They made one with him playing baseball, basketball, and golfing. So yep. if you if you truly love MJ, you know you can get him in in golfing attire minus uh, a big stack of cash to gamble with. But that's, that's a really, yeah, that's a god. No, that's uh, that's not PC for children. But that's really all I'm seeing. Scott are those right there: the upper deck Tiger Woods starting lineup, and then the starting lineup cloth gear one uh, Arnold Palmer. Hmm. But one of the biggest wormholes that i have a feeling that we might go down is these golf trading cards and unfortunately nowadays they're not making them or at least i don't think they're making sets it seems like i'm finding a bunch of one-off cards here or there uh i don't know how they're selling them in packs or maybe it's just online direct through the retailer but we're seeing a ton of action cards trading cards that have bits of quote-unquote game-used polos in it. I don't know if I'm the biggest nerd in the world, but that's pretty damn cool. Uh, you're not – well, here's the thing. For me to judge whether or not you're the biggest nerd in the world is kind of difficult because I think it's the coolest thing ever. Although, uh, as we speak, I am sending you a text with uh, – quite possibly the coolest of all of these memorabilia items. Uh, I will also pop it on our, on my story for those of you who are listening. So it is a, an autographed Anthony Kim world of sports, uh, upper deck card for 40 bucks. Oh my God. The, uh, you think Anthony Kim's getting a cut? You think he's he's out there? The ghost of Anthony Kim is out there signing things, throwing them up on eBay. Uh, that's actually on Amazon. So, uh, you know, I I doubt Anthony Kim even knows that that card exists. I doubt that is even Anthony Kim's autograph. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, it's probably not real, but. It's it's still you know crazy cool. That's an autographed Oklahoma University Anthony Kim trading card. Yeah, it's pretty neat. So I think I I I keep seeing this um, 
1991 PGA Tour Pro Set. And I see it as cheap as $12 on eBay. And I really think that I may have to purchase this, Scott. What year is it again? 1991. Here, so, here's, here's my thing. I don't know what I would do with them. I mean, I've got plenty of room on the podcast desk that I could have them out and display. I might be able to turn them into a poster or something like that. You know, I've got a little bit of a creative bone when it comes to those things. But but there are just some cool ones out there. And then just to see who is in that set. You know, like there's a 1982 Dunruss set that's out there. You know, just to see who was on tour at that point in time. And it, it's cool just to just to see the fashion. <laughs> like yes. here's a 1981 Dunruss golf set. Complete. It says Jack Nicholas rookie card. <laughs> uh, a 66 card set. Got Lee Trevino, Tom Watson. They got the statistical leaders cards. Um, you know, which shows Jack and and uh, here's the money winners from 1980. Top five were Tom Watson, Lee Trevino, Curtis Strange, Andy Bean, and Ben Crenshaw. Not bad. Hmm. That's decent. But some decent, uh, some decent names in that. I mean, George, George Burns and Mike Reed got golf cards. There's a guy named Lon Hinkle who finished above Johnny Miller that year. <laughs> I mean, it's it's awesome. Here are the statistical leaders from 1980. Dan Pohl led in driving distance, 274 yards. Greens in regulation. Jack Nicholas hit 72% of greens in regulation. What what year was this again? This is 1980. Okay. Um, Jerry Pate was the putting leader. This is before strokes gained, and he averaged 28.81 putts around. Lee Trevino led the scoring 69.73, and the money leader, like we said before, was Tom Watson at $530,808. The same amount that someone that finishes in third or fourth place would win nowadays in one tournament. Mm. He yep. won in an entire year. I mean, stuff like that makes these cards, you know, awesome. Yeah. So I, I actually, as I, as you were talking there, I was just looking around again on Amazon, and I found the 1990 Pro Set uh, complete box set, which includes 75 PGA Tour players and 25 Champions yep. Tour players. I hey, see it. Exactly. It's 13 bucks on Amazon. Now, this person, I think, threw this set together themselves. Because mm. it says in the, the notes, it's missing Lanny Watkins. But in, oh, that, how can you have a complete set without Lanny Watkins? I feel like I'll be able to find that somewhere. Uh, but it contains duplicates of Ben Crenshaw, Greg Norman, Mark O'Meara, Payne Stewart, Tom Watson, and Gary Player. So it has duplicates, so you can trade with your friends to get the missing Lanny Watkins card. So here's the thing. If I have an extra Payne Stewart, right, and would you be interested in maybe trading a Lenny Watkins for Payne Stewart? Because I don't know that I, I want to give up Tom Watson or Greg Norman for that. I think if you're giving me a Payne Stewart for Lanny Watkins that I'm making out on the deal. However, if you need Lanny Watkins to complete your set – then obviously that's a rare chase card and you need to do whatever you can to get that complete set. 
Mm, fair, fair. Good point. Now, here's a great deal. For $1.50 right now on eBay, three fifty shipping, a total of $5, is a 2001 Upper Deck Golf Tiger's Tails complete set. This is a subset, a chase card variety of Golden Tiger Woods cards. Hmm. And I don't know what these Tiger's Tails are. It's, it's mean, probably it's... something like it's related to... Like each card, like tells a story about like a golf tournament. Yeah, it looks like one of them. He looks, gosh, to be thirteen years old. It's probably a, a U.S. Junior Am. And then there's his press conference. Hello world. Hmm. Uh, we've got some Masters picks. Oh man, we've got big pants tiger, big shirt tiger, tiger in shorts, winning the U.S. Am. There is some great golf history in golf trading cards yeah i'm no, I'm, I, I'm hooked i'm 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 in i'm i'm in scott well i just uh, as you were talking i ordered that uh complete set of pro set cards you're hooked it, you know what for 13 bucks if i get multiple gary players i figure out i'm coming out ahead what do you think a Gary player card is worth. What do I think it's worth on the market? Or yeah, what do I, do what do I think it's worth to me and you? No, <laughs> let's go. Let's do this. What do you think it's worth on the open market right now? I think if I could find someone to give me a quarter for it, it would be a lot. Okay. I think that's a good deal. You make out now. What do you think a Gary player card is worth to Gary player? Uh, to Gary Player, I, honestly, probably like five bucks because I bet you Gary Player has no idea that even exists. He probably has the most self-inflated self-worth out there. Now, I can't do a Gary Player accent, but if I could, he would probably say something like, you know, that's... That card is priceless because the amount of sit-ups and push-ups I did to look that good on that card is immeasurable. Hmm. You're probably right. You're probably right. Sports Illustrated for Kids apparently came out with a, like a small subset of golf cards. Um, and it must have been small because the Jordan Spieth one is currently on Amazon for over two seventy five, not two dollars and seventy five cents, two hundred and seventy five dollars. Okay, if if you go out, not you, but I'm saying you know proverbial you, if somebody or you go out and spend two hundred and seventy five dollars on a Jordan Spieth trading card, you might be the biggest crackhead in the world. I'm gonna give you three cards, okay. And I'm going to ask you to put them in the order of how much they currently sell for on Amazon. You ready? Card Go number ahead. one, the aforementioned Jordan Spieth card. You know how much that costs. So, All right. Card number two, a signed Jack Nicholas golf trading card. Card number three. Ready? Wait for this one. This is a... 
Bobby Jones 1933 Sport Kings uh, unsigned golf trading card. You're telling me they made golf trading cards in 1933? They made, I'm assuming, just a Bobby Jones one, and there's probably like a... It's Sport King, so there's probably like a Babe Ruth and like probably a boxer and maybe like a track star. I have no idea. I mean, it it, it has it's it's not that card. It should be that card, but it's not that card, is it? It is that card. Okay, it it but, has to be. I yeah, mean, that that just, one's num that one's number one. It's ninety years old. You know, it's it's yeah. How much is that going for? Oh, over two grand. Okay, yeah. I mean that that makes sense just based on the time the time frame. So that but that's yeah, number, I'm, I'm, that one's number one. So, is Spieth two? Spieth is two. That's nuts. And then the autograph Jack Nicholas card goes for about twenty bucks less than the Spieth card. But then here's the thing too: like I could put up, you know, I I could take the the Payne Stewart card you're going to trade me for the Lanny Wack, Watkins that I don't actually have, and I could put that up on eBay for five hundred bucks. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, what mm. it actually sells for, or if it sells or not, is a different question. Um, now, here's one of the things, too, that's fun about going through these online stores and looking for stuff. I'm looking for golf trading cards. What do I stumble upon? I stumble upon a tri-pack of three Tiger Woods bobblehead cards. Bobbleheads, complete with cards. Excuse me. Hmm. It's nine trading cards. Oh, it's a pack. It's a 2001 pack of trading cards, Tiger Woods trading cards, with three bobbleheads. One of the bobbleheads is from his famous USM win where he's wearing the striped shirt and the straw hat. The other one looks to be from his first Masters victory. And then there's him in – I can only explain it as yellow pants and a yellow 81 jersey shirt. Uh, okay. Oh, it's when he's it's supposed to be when he was a kid. The first one's called Tiny Champ, then Am Sensation, and then Major Force. This is phenomenal. Now the shipping is ridiculous. It's sixteen dollars on a twenty-eight dollar um, price point. But nine Tiger Woods cards and three bobble. That's that might be the first purchase. That is the first purchase right there. It has to be, unless I find something later on today that beats it. I mean that's that is pretty cool. Yeah, I just I, and just the, like you said, like the more like you like kind of pick through these things, the more like cool things do come up. Okay, here yeah. is I'm. This is it. This is it. This is the craziest thing I've ever seen golf related online. This is coming up as I'm searching golf cards, 2001, McDonald's. Tiger Woods Masterful Fries pin. It is Tiger Woods with a yellow shirt and a green jacket. It is a McDonald's logo. It is Tiger imposed on top of McDonald's fries. And coming out of Tiger Woods' mouth in a word bubble is McDonald's fries and me dot 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 masterful. <laughs> uh, let's see this. Hold on. 2001 McDonald's Tiger Woods Masterful Fries Pin comes complete with a 2001 Upper Deck Master <laughs> Promo Pack 
including Tiger Woods. Free shipping, $38. Best deal going on eBay right now. So, that is crazy. My guess is that is something that McDonald's made to, like, give out to employees at, like, in the, like, Augusta area, like, around the Masters as a, you know, like, we're going to get a lot of customers who are golf fans, you know, check, you know, put, throw this on your, your, your shirt kind of right. thing. That, 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 that's pretty cool. I'm wondering if it's actually actually real. I mean, the the M on it has a registered trademark, um, but I can't find anything. No, I, it is. Here's an article on it. That's crazy. That is, that might be the coolest thing that I've stumbled upon while going through eBay. Oh, here's that bobblehead set. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It's nuts, right? That's nuts, the things that you can find out there. Some McDonald's employees were awarded lapel pins for years of service. And then around the Augusta area in 2001, McDonald's employees with 10 to 20 years of service were rewarded with the Tiger Woods McDonald's Masterful Fries lapel pin. Yeah, and... You know, as you know, back in back in my younger days, I, I did some work for McDonald's. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that they would give out as a reward to people who were doing a really good job. I remember at one point I got like this silver spatula that like they presented to me in like this really nice gift box, like because I had done a really good job. And in the meantime, like that pin you could go, you know, probably online now and find it on eBay for like a nickel. Well, if you sell the Gary Player card and the silver spatula, you got yourself 30 cents. You can easily buy your own Lanny Watkins card. You don't have to trade me. Hmm. Hold on. I'm actually going to see if I can buy one. I have my original one. So, oh, here it is. Oh, 10 bucks. That's a lot more than I thought it would be. It's exactly the same one that I used to have is $10 <laughs> on eBay. You literally can find anything online. I think we have, uh, we have proven that, but yeah, Scott, this is, uh, this is a, a very slippery slope. This is, this is tricky. Do, do I want to go down another Avenue of golf memorabilia? Hmm. See here, here's my problem with some of that stuff. It's like the, the the Funko Pops. Like once I get one, then I need more than one. And then when I get once I get more than one, then I need another one. And then when I'm done with that, then it's like okay, well I have all these because I, and I, I've talked about it. I'm a big Disney fan, so I have all these Disney Funko Pops. Now there's golf ones out, so now I had to have those. And I also like you know Star Wars. I have to have a few of those. And now there's these historical figure ones. So I need a few of those. So I have a, a bunch of different, you know, series, let's say, kind of from all those different areas. And I, I buy them for cheap when they're cheap on Amazon, but it definitely adds up. So 
going and buying these like golf cards, it becomes one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I have all this. What am I going to do with it now? And yeah. that's the problem. Yeah, I mean, what do you do with any of this crap? You know what I mean? Like that's, that, that's yeah. <laughs> the Funko Pops do look kind of cool. Like I have them here, and I have them in my office at work. Like they do look kind of cool. Um, but you're right. It's just it's just something that's gathering dust on a shelf somewhere. Right, and you know what? I mean, look, it's all cool because if you have the disposable income to do it, you know, more power to you. It's not hurting anybody, and I guess it's better than buying drugs and being a gang. True. Uh, hey, you mentioned Jordan Spieth before. I got a funny story uh, from one of our Instagram followers, good buddy Nate, who runs the account in Golf in the South. He was just DMing me yesterday. He goes, I just got a funny story to tell you. If you want to tell on the pod, go ahead. And I, I thought, yeah, we'll see. And uh, it actually is. So he says, uh, he goes, I've been told I resemble Jordan Spieth at first glance. And I've literally had maybe 10, 15 people actually stop in their tracks and approach me that and tell me. And ask me if I am Jordan Spieth. Now Nate was a uh, you know a really good golf is still a really good golfer, but uh, back in his collegiate days, you know was was a phenomenal golfer. And uh, says one day I was at the driving range and a dude asked for my autograph and handed me his hat. Didn't even ask if he was just like, hey, can I can you give me your autograph? Thinking it's literally Jordan Spieth. So he goes, well, of course. So I signed it and I signed it. You know, Nate, I don't know if he wants me to give his last name, so I won't. But uh, he says, I handed it right back to the guy. He goes, dude looks at his hat and then looks at me, looks at his hat and looks back at me and goes, you're not Jordan Spieth. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes, no, I'm not. And, uh, you know, they kind of exchange pleasantries. And now this guy's got a, a Nate golf in the south signed hat and he goes i saw him at the range a few weeks later and he goes without hesitation he smiled and goes hey what's up jordan yeah so you just yeah he should just lean into it and start signing things as jordan speed i think i would i think i would do that honestly oh i know you would do that (laughs) (laughs) that that wasn't a question yeah I think he should start doing that too. Yeah, it would be, uh, you know, it'd be awesome to to throw on some Under Armour gear, and head down to a tournament, and just kind of roam around. But but the whole look, shoes and everything, and uh, it would be, you know, there are a lot of people that go to golf tournaments that are not golfers, that don't know mm-hmm. about golf, that don't understand golf, and. He could literally be standing at a tee box, the same tee box that Jordan Spieth is teeing off at, and I guarantee there would be people that would go up to him and be like, hey, Jordan, can I have your autograph? You know, oblivious and ignorant to the fact that Jordan Spieth is teeing off right next to them because they just don't know golf. Well, I will say this. If he did that, um, he would not be alone because, as I've said before, there are people who go to golf tournaments who are i'm convinced just ricky fowler cosplayers like they are going and they are dressed like ricky fowler and every time they play golf they dress like ricky fowler like they're just decked out in all orange so you know go decked out in all under armor and pretend to be jordan spieth and you know start giving out autographs go for it who's gonna stop you 
Yeah, uh, no one's going to. Um, people will give you stares, but they're not going to stop you. Cosplay is a weird thing. Um, obviously, it started with a comic and superhero community and like Star Wars and Star Trek. But <clears throat> funny story, we were at uh, the Safeway Open on the LPGA Tour with Jane, uh, I don't know, four years ago, five years mm-hmm. ago or so, down at Seaview in New Jersey, right outside of Atlantic City. I think it's in Brigantine or Brigantine. And great course, but they've got two courses, and the girls were playing on one, and the other course was still open to members. So we're waiting for her to leave the locker room or get washed up or something. I can't remember. And we're going to lunch together. <clears throat> and as we're walking, walking up the you know main pathway to the clubhouse, and there's a guy jumping out of a golf cart, orange hat, orange polo, orange pants, orange shoes. And I'm thinking to myself, A, it's not a PGA Tour event. Hmm. B, Ricky Fowler is is not here. He's out playing, you know, in California or something at this point in time. But C, this guy actually showed up to play a round of golf like this. I can almost excuse the guys that are getting dressed up in Tiger paraphernalia or Ricky gear when they're at a tournament you know it's like hey look at me i want to be seen okay cool whatever but the fact that this guy got up in his home that morning changed into this outfit or or better yet honestly probably had the outfit picked out the night before and then came to an upscale club in which they are holding a professional women's golf event and played a round of golf on the opposite course in that outfit blows my mind so we go up and my kids are like like dad look at that i'm like yeah i I see him trust me everyone sees him and uh i said to jane i said did you you see that guy and she's like oh yeah she's like uh ricky fowler senior and i didn't get it at first scott because i saw him from far away but then he came into players dining and the guy was like 65 years old. So the question I want to know is, did he just lose a bet with his buddies? That's the only reason that I can think of that a grown man, a, a retired, a senior citizen, mm-hmm. is coming out in public in full Ricky gear. It right. has to be some elaborate loss, you know, where they're like, you've got to go and buy Puma sponsored everything. Like you got to drop 300 bucks on that outfit if you lose. And then the guy lost. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, you know, it's, you know, you got Al and, and Dick and Bill and they're, you know, they're playing for, you know, whatever they're, they're regular, like $3 Nassau. And, you know, they, they, you know, throw a little press in at the end. Like, uh, if you don't make this putt, you got to dress up like Ricky Fowler next week. And he missed the putt. Yeah, the only reason. I mean, you'd have to pay me 300 bucks to wear that type of outfit. Yep. And then I'm sure it was all the talk around the club, too. It's like, did you hear Jerry bet out that he had a dress like Ricky Fowler and he lost? He's going to be out dressed like Ricky Fowler all weekend. I was a pretty good Southern Jersey accent you threw on top of aging yourself I, by 30 years. Also. I had to. I had to. Yeah. Now I like, I like, uh, I like how how close you played that to the vest. That was good. Yep, yep. I try, I try. Um, you know, yeah. and playing around Long Island, you kind of do pick up that accent because it's pretty much the same. 
you're right. You are 100% right. So uh, so there you go, Scato. A little uh, impromptu episode. Go down a wormhole of um, golf I, memorabilia. I don't know I if would, I'm going to be able to pull my head out of it. I will also say this just you know, because we should throw them a little shout out. All of this golf that we've been talking about is probably sitting in a drawer somewhere at the USGA Museum. Okay, the action figures are not. I I bet you it is. I bet you she's got them down there. I'm gonna have to get Hillary on the on the horn and that's uh, what I'm, that's and what I'm saying. Out. I I I almost guarantee she's got them down there because if it's five dollars on Amazon, it's sitting in a drawer somewhere down there. I just I think she's only taking things related to the game and to USGA sanctioned events. You know, I just but mm. but but what if she has like an unopened box of USGA major champions trading cards? I I mean, that's a thing like I'm just looking at you know the some of these you know upper deck 2001 cards and you know obviously there's Tiger and there's you know a bunch of other guys who have USGA championships so you know are are they sitting in the drawer down there we don't know it would be just pretty cool just don't know yeah i'm going to have to get on the horn to Janine and Hillary and see uh and see what's up what else is being hidden down there that we don't know about. Maybe, maybe, maybe Scott, the, uh, you know, we, we think that, you know, what's, what's the gem of the USGA collection, the moon club, probably. Uh, yeah. The moon club, calamity Jane. Right. Yeah. Ben Hogan's one iron, that stuff. But, but maybe, maybe that stuff pales into comparison to the Gary player tops, 1962, uh, uncut rookie card. That there's one in circulation, and even Gary Player doesn't own it. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There's only those two starting lineups. Like, is there a Jack Nicholas prototype somewhere? And by somewhere, I mean in the basement in New Jersey. <laughs> uh, that is never going to see the light of day. I, yeah, it probably is knows? in the basement of New Jersey, but like some 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 you know guy who's 50 years old still living with his parents in his basement. He's the guy that owns it. Ricky Fowler Sr., maybe. It might be. It might be. All right. Well, on that note, people, either get busy golfing or get busy dying. Be good.